No music on Mondays. Welcome to episode 85 and a half. Yeah. I got some feedback on the open from last week, by the way. Yeah, what did it say? They didn't love it. What were we doing for the open last week? What did we do? Uh, It was the Sims locker room pep talk. Oh, they didn't like it? Episode 85. Who's ready? <laughs> Who said they didn't like it? We want to fight them. I can't. I can't reveal my sources. Well, Man. I mean, they. He means the uppers, the big wigs. No, no, no way. No. I'm just kidding. People loved it. Uh, <laughs> let, can we start off with a shout out to Matt? Please. Sure. So I Go had. Right I Are had, you just saying your friends didn't like it? Yeah, they didn't like yeah, it. Yeah. So uh, well, I met one of Josh's friends, right. former Maryland grad, on Thursday. We were out at the bar together, uh, played some beer pong with the dude, and uh, he's been a long time listener. And I gave him a hug, and I feel really close to him now. Great. And I wonder how many people are out there that have been listening to us this entire time. And I want to say shout out and thank you to all of them because I know that I love sitting down with you guys. And it's super fun, and it was cool to meet somebody. We should do like a meet and greet somewhere. On the way to the bar, Matt told me that his opening line for meeting Lefko was going to be asking him how he felt after he asked Howie Long what it was like to play for John Madden. And then he decided not to ask the question. He just he chickened out at the last second. <laughs> that was a top moment. Uh, that was. That was as good as... Uh, <laughs> that was like Raiders. <laughs> you had to play with Madden. You're old. He's old. It must have crossed over. <laughs> nope, it didn't. Um, it was an interesting week in the NFL. Uh, can, I, can I say that I really didn't think any of the games were great games? And you tell me what's wrong. Like, when I look at it, Packers, Bears, Hoyer goes down, Giants, Rams, super sloppy, Chiefs go up double digits, and it's sort of like a last comeback from the Saints. Colts, Titans, maybe that one was entertaining. Eagles, Vikings, slop show. Bengals, Browns, slop show. Lions, Redskins was 3-3 at half before some points in the fourth quarter. Raiders, Jaguars was, I thought, very boring for most of the game. I thought Bills, Dolphins was a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, Ravens, Jets, awful. Buccaneers, Niners, awful. Chargers, Falcons, I would say was a good game. Very one good, good game. That I thought Saints Chiefs was kind of good too. I mean, we were watching that at one o'clock. I thought it was a pretty entertaining game. Yeah, it was just you kind of knew the Chiefs were going to win. Yeah, you knew they were the better team. Uh, Patriots, Steelers. It was kind of you knew the Patriots were going to win. Yeah, it was Seahawks, uneventful. Cardinals was boring. Yeah, I, I liked Seahawks Cardinals. That was something we talked about today. Right. Some people thought it was good defense. Right. Other people thought it was sloppy. Right. I thought it was a heart attack for what's, my parlay. What's the answer? Was it good defense? Or I, th- it I thought it, no. I thought it's very good defense. I really did. I, I think the the Seahawks offense stinks. I mean, that's for sure. What do you think about the uh, Cardinals offense? I mean, I love David the Cardinals. Johnson. Kind of moved the ball the whole night. I mean, just think about it. They I'll just put my bets out there. I had a three team parlay with the Bucks money line, Patriots minus seven and a half, bang bang, and the third one was Seahawks money line. Well, surely they're going to win. So wait, you did Bucks? You said Bucks money line, Pats. Patriots. Yep, and then it all came down to the Seahawks, which. For three quarters, I was like, I clearly picked the worst team. But every time it was fourth down, didn't get it. Block field goal. <laughs> Halftime runs out. I go, I, I just got this weird luck on my side right now, and I'm going to roll with it. Right. And then it came down, and when they lined up for that field goal, I went, I'm going to hit this. This is crazy. And what happens? You don't. So they push the Seahawks-Cardinals game, and I get the other two. You get the other and two. And I find out my friend texts me, and he texts me like, uh, Tyler, what up, T-Webb? Right. He hits me up and goes, by the way, I don't know if it's full-time or just the regular game. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you can't end in a tie. It never ends in a tie. And it wouldn't have mattered anyway. It still ended in a tie. Yeah, right. 6-6. Six, six. Uh, Bruce Arians, is he just... 
do you agree with what he does? Because I've reached my quota of Bruce Arians is crazy. Like, I think you need to be a little... Like, I think Pete Carroll is the perfect amount of crazy. Right. He's crazy at the right moment. Right. But, I mean, except for that pass, but that was Daryl Bevel. But I feel like Bruce Arians goes the risky move every single time. Well, I feel like Pete Carroll's not crazy. He's a crazy energetic. Right. Uh, but he's simple as far as the way he approaches the game. Where Arians, yeah, Arians' aggressive nature got got the best of him last night. Uh, I mean, y- you and I both know. He, he should have realized early on that, wow, they're not going to be able to move the ball on my defense and all night long. And six points might be enough. And let me get nine points and end the game, and period, uh, instead of going for it on the 20-yard line on a fourth and one and then not getting it. And, and again, what would make you think you're going to get it? I know you got David Johnson, it's but when you got the Seattle Seahawks who know you're going to run the ball, yes. and a guy like Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill literally go, we don't have any worries here except we can just shoot a gap and create, create absolute havoc. Yes. They're unstoppable. It's To me, what's incredible about the Seahawks is, is this their fourth year that they're leading the league in scoring? This would be fifth. This would be If they do it, it would be fifth in right. terms of lowest-scoring defense. They've had three or four defensive coordinators. All those guys have gone on to other head coaching jobs. All of those guys have had issues with their respective defenses right. other than Gus Bradley this season. And what's incredible to me is we know what the Seahawks play. We know they do it every single down. Yes. But they're that talented on defense that it really doesn't matter. No. You know Sherman's responsible for the deep third. Right. You know Earl Thomas is roaming the back. You know Bennett will play all along the line. And teams still can't do anything. Yeah. At home, on the road, it's incredible. It, it is incredible. I mean, it, it tells you about the talent they have on that team. And it's a unique system regardless, even though the NFL has caught on to it. But it's a unique system that needs players. Like yes. you're not going to be able to. I mean, they're doing this without Cam Chancellor the last two games. Yes, against Arizona and Atlanta, two very qualified quarterbacks and coordinators. Right. I, I mean, they're 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 fine. They're they don't have to really worry about one team in football. Yes. Really exposing them in any way, except for the Patriots, because he could dial it up. Well, and if, I mean, I if they had to go in the Super Bowl and play Pittsburgh, that would be an issue. What too. about Dallas? Dallas is an issue. Uh, let's do this conversation. NFC. Right. Let's pa- because it's Patriots and Can everybody else. I ask a Seattle question yeah, before we do NFC? Of course. Yeah. So last year, I remember we did a lot of videos about people figuring out the Legion of Boom yeah. and people figuring out right. the Seattle defense. Right. But now it sounds like you're talking like it doesn't matter that they figured it out. Well, I mean, to a degree. Did there, something change from no, last year? No, people have still figured it out. I okay. mean, the Atlanta Falcons moved the ball up and down the yes. field, right? So Denver has had some success. Yeah, Denver has. It, it, the problem is, is not necessarily, it's just going to be the offenses that can, one, physically have the people to block them at times. Very yeah. True. And then, two, having an offensive coordinator that at least has some creativity to expose it. And yep. that's the real issue. There's just not a lot of them in football. Uh, Bruce Arians would be one, and that's why he's had a little success. Kyle play, Shanahan. Play Kyle Shanahan, of course. Josh McDaniels. Adam Gase did when he was with Denver, like yep. you were saying. And Josh McDaniels, yes. And Sean Payton. I, I think they – do they play them this week or in two weeks? Uh, they That's going to be fun to see, too. Because Man. they're just the the, the – the Saints defense isn't any good, but they're going to move the ball. They uh, move the ball on anybody. Saints is this Sunday. It's this Sunday. That's yep. they're going to move the ball. He's and where's that at? That's going to be a great game. It's in Falcons, New Orleans. Pa- Packers. It is. Uh, it's in New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, you're going to see it. They're going to let up 400 yards passing because he's going to have nine million ways to expose all these little underneath zone coverages. Um, that <sighs> NFC. I, I cut th- you off. No, 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 no. That's perfect because I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I kind of want to use Thursday show 
to really just start breaking down all the games that Sunday. Because right. I think that could be a, a big value for us because you're watching so much film to preview the games I think would help a lot of people out. NFC, though, Cowboys are 5-1. and one, yep. Vikings are 5-1. and one. Right. And then you go Seahawks are four one and one. Right. You have the Eagles at four and two, the Packers at four and two. To me, I look and I go, I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. I, I mean I would agree with you there. I think it's them or Minnesota. I don't know if Minnesota's um, that high, man. I think Dallas does not match up good with Minnesota. Like that's where I, I look at I go, yeah, I don't like you think Dallas is a better team, except for when they have to. Why? For, why are they a bad? Well, matchup? because I just think, man, Minnesota's got four D tackles. If they want to get big and stop the run, they're going to give them the toughest time there is in football, especially with those two middle and linebackers. The corners can get all over. The corners it. can just play man to man. The Cowboys' defense isn't that great, right? So, so you now, think the Vikings are one of the few teams that can physically stand up to the Cowboys? I do because I don't see the Seahawks physically standing up to the Cowboys. I don't either. I think the Cardinals are maybe built a little bit better, but I still don't think they're built to handle. I, the Cowboys. I would agree with that too. I think Arizona could give Minnesota a tough time when they're playing their best football. That's interesting. So the Vikings Cowboys is a matchup, but then I, I look mean at Seattle Vikings, and Seahawks. Minnesota. Right? Where do you go there? I go Seattle. Right? I mean, it's close. I mean, it really was Minnesota last the, year. No, other but than the, the, re- missed the reason field that goal. I agree with you is the Cowboys also don't have the pass rush to get to Minnesota, right. where Seattle does, right. and that's the Achilles heel of Minnesota. It's matchups. It's a league of matchups. It is all it's about crazy. matchups. Yes. Uh, Cardinals, I think, would be a great matchup for Minnesota. And then the one team that no one's talking about because they're freaking one in five is will the Panthers make a serious run? Someone asked me this today. Yeah. How many more losses until the Panthers are, are truly eliminated? Because if they lose one more, the best they are is 10 and six. Right. And I don't know if you're winning the South at 10 and six. Because the Falcons, right. I think, can get 10 wins. Yeah. And the wild card with the East teams and stuff, 10 wins might get you in the playoffs. But do you think how many more losses can the Panthers afford? Uh, one, two at the most. And if they get two, they're going to have to start rooting for Atlanta losses. That, mm. That's what will what'll happen, which, which can totally happen. I mean, Atlanta, here we go. I mean, they got Green Bay this week. So that's not going to be easy. Then they're at the Bucks, which won't be easy. You, because They've you already gotta, lost to them. You're right. you got to get over to the – like everybody – Jameis Winston's going to move the ball on that Falcons defense. Mm. Then it's the Eagles. Then it's the Cardinals. Then it's the Chiefs. Yeah. So it, it, they, they could it get in at a 9-7 and seven type of record in that, in that division. Falcons were 5-0 and oh last year, and they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Right. What makes you believe this won't be the same thing? Uh, because they just blew that game to the Chargers. Yes, they're, and they're going to have moments like that, again, because of that defense, and they're not talented enough like Seattle to be like, to here, this is what we them, do. Yeah. Right. So um, uh, th- their defense is better. They have a better front four. You've heard me say this a bunch. They have a very deep eight legitimate uh, defensive lineman who can play. The young linebackers in the middle are phenomenal. Uh, Ken O'Neill, I love him. I just think the defense is better as a whole. I think the offense with Matt Ryan in year two of the offense and the offensive line itself is better with guys like Alex Mack at center and even Chris Chester has been good at guard. I mean, they're just playing good football with another added weapon. We'll see where Tevin Coleman is uh, with his hamstring. But that two-headed monster at running back, all those things, yeah, I just think they're going to be – 10 and 6 this year instead yeah. of 8 and 8. 
What's incredible to me is when you look around the NFL and you see how many teams are still mathematically like really in the hunt. Right. Like Lions at four and three, uh-huh. they're definitely in the hunt. The Dolphins at three and four. If you really look at their schedule coming up and they're playing the likes of the Rams and all these crappy teams, you go, man, if they really fix this offensive line, they could be a team that could make a run. Right. Uh, I mean, look, the Bengals are three and four, and we went, wow, this team is two and four. They're out of it. At three and four, they're a game behind the Steelers. And with Landry Jones having to play a few more weeks, they could still win this division. It's a deep middle class in the NFL right now. It is. I is mean, there, it's a Hillary Clinton it's like dream. The, yeah, it's like there's five teams, and then there's 25 teams that are. I, I, I should say it's like five elite teams, roughly, and then it's 25, like 20 middle class teams, and then you got like the bottom feeders, which are like the Cleveland. I just and the counted. 49ers. Do you know how many teams right now have three or four wins what in is the NFL? That? 21. Yeah, so it's crazy. Two-thirds of the NFL right. has three or four wins and is still looking like they could make a run. Right. Is the AFC and we're not even East. counting Carolina. And that. we're not right. even – yeah, right. exactly. Is the AFC East the only division that you feel is truly locked up? Yes. Uh, well, locked up. Mm. I mean, maybe not locked up, but is there any other division that's as, that has as no, much separation? I think that's the only one. I think I would say that I would give I think the Seahawks are going to win the West, but I'm a little bit worried about Russell Wilson's health. But the AFC West, I could easily see the Chiefs, the Chiefs win that division over the Broncos. Maybe the Raiders sneak in there somehow. The South, if you don't kill the Colts, they're going to come back. And the Titans had an opportunity to kill the Colts. And now they're right back there and they're a game back of a Texans team that we don't think is that great. I think the closest team to saying it's a lock is Minnesota. I, I mean, I know the loss yesterday, but. Still, you don't think that this no running back offense from the Packers could be the future? That's what all I look at is their division itself, right? They've played Green Bay once. They played Detroit yet? No, I don't think they did play Detroit yet. Minnesota, they're just Minnesota matches up so good with both of those teams. I mean, two teams that aren't going to really be able to run the football, right. and you're going to do that against Minnesota. Good luck. I think what's funny is I saw people saying uh, Vikings and Falcons, they proved their frauds. And I go, if you think a Vikings loss where they turn the ball over four times, were sacked six times, and let up a kick return for a touchdown and lost by single digits – if you really look at the game, I have a lot of Eagles fans in this office come to me and high-five me and go, man, we did it. We could beat anybody. We're going to beat Dallas. And I went, I left the game yesterday going, we're not that good. No, you, 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 we you, played, got, Viking, you played a Viking game. Yes. And you beat them at their own game. Yes. But I, I look at the Vikings and I go, no, they are a very good team. They just, uh, come on. If they could get home field advantage at Minnesota, which we're seeing apparently is a very tough place to play. Right. And the Falcons I look at and go, you will gain nothing from judging games against Philip Rivers because Philip Rivers, like you're talking about, these other guys will do this to everybody. Yeah, right. They're the most fun team in the NFL. Right. Like he could beat Seattle. He all could. Day. That's why he beat them two years ago, if you remember, in San Diego yes. early in the year. Philip Rivers, it's a unique situation. They have every play in the book. Every play, they have all those offensive minds on staff. And yep. now that they got Bosa getting after the quarterback, and you said it yesterday, Melvin Ingram looks slim. Yes. He looks healthy. But I would say right now, everyone keeps saying, is the NFC East the most talented? No. The AFC West yes. is the most talented division in football. Right. Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders can beat anybody, and they all have distinct home field advantages except for the Chargers. Yeah. Because that place is a dump. <laughs> it is. 
Was there any real games yesterday? I mean, Patriots are the far and away the best team. Did we learn anything taking on that Steelers team? I don't think so. I, uh, the biggest thing I learned is that they need Big Ben back. Hurry, please. And the only other thing I would say is maybe the weakness of the Patriots is they play a little bit too much man-to-man. Yes, right. I, and they I would put agree. guys like Eric Rowe on an island, and you're like, why are we doing this? I don't know why they're taking so many chances this year of doing man-to-man. I mean, they, they got good cover corners. I understand it, but I do think they're – they're dancing on a fine line there of being like one of these weeks somebody's going to get them with some of these big plays. Uh, we mentioned the Dolphins. Jay Ajayi. We, is he legit legit? He's legit legit. I mean, uh, he was legit legit coming out of college. I think he was a legitimately – you could have talked about him as a legitimate late first round, early, first, uh, early second round pick, but he had the knee issue, so that was a problem. Um, but, yes – to be that size, and the best thing about Ajaye is his ability to not miss a hole in the run game. That is what's amazing about him. And as you're going into my yeah, notes I'm there, going in your notebook the right other now. thing, that's, that's the thing we need to talk about next. We talked about their O-line last week. It's phenomenal. That ain't stopping. Tunsil's that impressive, huh? Tunsil's really good. I mean, Tunsil can be one of the best guards in football by this time next year. Isn't it funny that the storyline for him beyond the weed smoking was he's not intelligent enough to pick up tackle. We're playing him at guard. He can't understand this either. And now all of a sudden we're seeing how incredible he is. It goes back into the whole conservative coaches conversation where if you make one mistake – you, he made a mistake on August 23rd. I don't know if I can trust him on October 23rd. You had this point about Ajayi when we were watching the game. You right. said everyone, the, the, these coaches want guys like Arian Foster because they've played so long that they'll, they'll pick up all the reads. Right. But they don't play the talented right. guy. And I would say that happened to Arizona in the beginning of last season, it too. Did, right. Tell you me saw, how Matt Forte is doing with the Jets. Well, he had a good game. Well, okay, great. But, I mean, the, the problem is we look at it and go, he had a good game. Yeah. And I'm going to look at it and go, he should have had 30 rushes for 200 yards mm. but he got a hundred because that was last year was this chris johnson kids doing great well if you play david johnson the entire it's year it's going to be an extra 700 yards yeah right uh, i they just fall into that trap or, the, the that's interesting that, are there any other teams that kind of have that i don't even know if it's at the running back position but are you seeing any young studs that you're wondering why are they getting more time well like uh, i mean jacksonville jumps out of jumps out of me let's talk about that i mean jalen miles jack let's just say him he he plays a handful of snaps every game but i, I mean when he's in i know it every time i'm like damn who is that big mother effer yeah. running down the field right now? After the other that thing back? is, I walked in and, and I was like, who are you watching? And you said Jacksonville, Oakland. Yeah. And the first thing you said was, Ramsey could be a superstar. Yeah, he's going to be a superstar. Jalen it's Ram- not even could. He will be. No, yeah. Jalen Ramsey will be one of the five best corners in football by by next year. He really will be. He didn't No play- surprise, though. You expected that. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think it's, a, it's probably a little better like than I thought. His movement skills, like where I was a little... I knew he was awesome, but... I did worry about his change of direction. When mm-hmm. you're that long and tall and fast, it's hard to be able to just stick your foot in the ground. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you could tell he was not physically uh, in awe in any way of Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper got open a few times. Definitely they threw the ball to the other side regardless. But this kid, is he's special. He can be shut down. He's a better version of a Richard Sherman. That's what he is athletically. Wow. Yeah, He is uh, a better version of a Richard He is Sherman. definitely. This guy is a... I mean, there's a reason Richard Sherman was drafted in, what, the fourth round? And this kid was talked about as the number one pick. He is a freak show athlete. I mean, he looks like a gazelle out in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna, I kind of want to wrap up yeah. this because I think it's interesting. Yeah. Carson Wentz at number two looks the part. Right. Joey Bosa at number three looks, looks the, the part. part. 
Ezekiel at number four looks the part. Right. Jalen Ramsey at number five looks the part. When Ronnie Stanley is healthy, he looks like he could be a force. Yeah, he is. DeForest Buckner at seven. You said that he's been impressive. He is their best D lineman, right. Uh, Jack Conklin at eight, a little bit of a reach, but he's been solid. Yes. Leonard Floyd is popping at nine. He's coming. He's, started, he's, he's healthy now, Starting too. to show the athleticism. Right. Eli Apple, solid at 10. Yeah. Vernon Hargraves, good at 11. Right. We'll see Sheldon Rankins when he gets back. Yeah. Laramie Tunsil, 13, looking like great. Killing it. Carl Joseph at 14, solid. Right. Corey Coleman at 15, we've seen sparks. Taylor Deco looks like he's going to be a, t- a tackle in this he's league a, for He's years. a franchise left tackle. Keanu Neal. Say what you've been saying. He is the closest thing we have in football to Cam Chancellor right now. Is Ryan Kelly looks like the center of the long term for the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. Uh, and then you got some other guys, Darren Lee, Will Fuller. Uh, and so then, strong. Yeah, I mean, then this you get is, Josh Doxson, who's not playing at all. But Yeah, and there's some other guys that we don't have to get into. But like Vernon Butler has popped. But there, this is a really, really dense first round. Right. And the only name I didn't say was the first pick in the draft. And the questions continue to come down. And the questions are going to continue to come down when Case Keenum throws four interceptions on the national stage. Jeff Fisher is saying that they're not going to play him. Yeah. The international uh, stage. The international, <laughs> very there. true. And I, I think the only thing about Jared Goff that I'm going to say, stop asking for Jared Goff. Just stop it. Because he's clearly not ready to play, yeah. and that's not an indictment on Jared Goff. They're trying not to play him at all. Right. But you don't want to see him here. You don't. No, and they're, Let them sit. They're three and four. And the Rams are not a team that's making a run this season. Well, and the, You can't even get Todd Gurley to get running yards. But their players in the locker room don't believe that. They still think, like, we can get this straight. So but if you we're go to not Jared Goff, room. you're giving up. If that's what, that's mm-hmm. how the players would look at it. They're going to go, damn. Like, they've seen Jared Goff enough. That's how Malcolm Jenkins felt when Carson Wentz was coming in, mm-hmm. and then he proved them wrong. Right. But that's the thing is, Jared Goff's not ready to prove anybody wrong. Because if you put in Jared Goff and you tell the players in the locker room that you're giving up, right. and then you show the fan base that they have no hope going forward with a guy that looks overmatched. Then you've screwed everybody. The Rams are in absolute turmoil. You ride this out with Case Keenum. You let it go. He's running the offense pretty well. Yes. Tavon and Kenny Britt are having pretty good seasons. Brian Quick makes some good he plays. He got a little unlucky with two of those picks yesterday, too. Yeah, I, I would mean, say Tavon yeah, deflections. The ones. Yeah, was two de- but both Lennon Collins ones were deflections, yes. right? So, yeah, I, I, listen, Case Keenum is not the problem there. He's not anything great, but he's not the problem. Yeah, they're allowed to open up a hole for Todd Gurley, and nobody you know ever talks about their defense. I just think this is a draft that could really go down when we really look back as a really, really quality draft, and if the one Big glaring miss was the first pick in the draft. It's yeah. going to be really interesting. Yeah, it will be. Uh, Thursday, we're going to break down uh, all the games for the upcoming uh, the slate of games. Uh, and if there's anything that comes up in your scouting notebook, I definitely want to get to. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot of good games this week. Right. Falcons-Packers is going to be a great game. Eagles-Cowboys is going to be a great game. Uh, and I definitely want to get to all of them. And I think I'd like to help the betters out there because uh, – I got a soft spot in my heart for all those gamblers because <laughs> I just I know what it's like. So. Uh, hey, you know what we didn't talk about? If we're going to talk about the weekend reveal, that there was a guy up in Green Bay last week that we knew he had to throw the ball every freaking play. Yes. Okay. I know it was Thursday and he gets lost in the shuffle, but. Well, you could put him in your top five quarter. Well, I mean, it's just, come on. Uh, that, was, that was ridiculous. Oh, we don't have a running back. We're going to put you in the shotgun and you're so amazing. Uh, that you're just you can get it out of your hand so quick and throw it 100 mile per hour every freaking time. We'll just do that. Forget it. We don't, in fact, we don't even need running backs. You just stand back there and figure it out. I mean, that's literally what they did. That's that's my like, I would Ty like Monk to go deeper on that on Thursday. Yeah, Ty so. Montgomery, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams all had double digit catches right. because they had no running game. 
No, and it's just wheeling and dealing. He's the only guy in the game that could do that. That's why when I hear last week like people saying, is he falling off? Josh McCown and Brian Hoyer have better stats over the last 12 games because they were they have way more talent around them. I mean, Josh McCown and the Browns, I mean, Aaron Rodgers would trade for those guys right now. Same with Alshon Jeffrey and Cameron Meredith. He'd be like, fine, I'll take them. Yes, Alshon Jeffrey would be the best receiver in football. Like he, statistically, I, I look he at it like this. Bay. Is Ty Montgomery a good athlete? Yes. Yeah. But should he go onto a roster that has a ten plus million dollar wide receiver in Randall Cobb, a supposed superstar in Jordy Nelson, and look that much athletically better than them? Right. That's no. weird. If you put Tyreek Hill on the Packers, he would look like the second coming of the Risen. I know. I mean it's unbelievable. They gotta readjust what they've been doing up there, Green Bay. The draft, they gotta start making moves and draft and free agency. Stop saying like, oh, we're twenty seven, we're gonna pick at twenty seven, and we like the guys we drafted, we're never gonna sign a free agent. Okay, then you're never gonna get to the Super Bowl either with the best quarterback we've seen in a long time when you take things for granted it comes back to bite you all right that's the monday recap fendrick good night everybody sims what's your score for broncos texans oh that's right who do you think is going to win i think the broncos 16 13 16 13 well now your score will traditionally impact my score (laughs) i was going to say low scoring i'm going to say a late denver touchdown makes it 20 to 12 Uh uh-huh because you didn't want me to cover no, that did cut. Co- no, no, that is that's right. Twenty to twelve. <laughs> I'm gonna I, take. Uh, I'm gonna take Houston fourteen to ten. Ooh, that's it's not with. even that crazy. Yeah, I, I haven't thought one second about the game. That's just what I'll take. Yeah, I really need Denver to cover for our betting show, which if you guys do watch Facebook Live, join Sims and I 4 o'clock on Sundays around 4, 4.30 where we recap the 1 o'clock games, uh, 1 o'clock on Mondays where we go over all the news and notes and stuff and kind of do it on camera, and Wednesday or Thursdays it kind of rotates, vacillates when we do our betting picks and all that. So that's a cross-promotional Bleach Report plug. Nice job. Love you guys. Uh, enjoy your week. And we will be in your inbox on Thursday. Whoa. Yeah, girl. Let me holler at that See inbox. See ya. See you guys later. Peace out, homies.